Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, it's that time again. And that time is the time to feature metal raps here on The Talking Metal RSS feed. So uh, today's episode is uh, Metal Raps episode 35. It's Talking Metal episode 640. Uh, man, I'm slammed with episodes. I'm actually falling behind. I have an episode I recorded like a week ago with Bill Wang, a.k.a. Donnie G from the old days as my co-host. I got to get that up. Um, I think actually during that episode, I referred to it as episode 640, but then we recorded metal raps last night and I was like, you know what? I want to put this out in the, the talking metal feed and the metal rap stuff. What it tends to happen if, if I don't post it immediately, it, it becomes suddenly outdated cause it's so, uh, topical, you know? So, uh, yeah, so here you go. You're going to get the most recent episode of metal raps today. Of course, metal raps has its own feed. If you really love the show and you don't want to miss an episode, I suggest going to iTunes and subscribing to the Metal Raps feed because I don't put every episode out over this Talking Metal feed, if any of that makes sense. You, you know, you get the picture. You can also go to TalkingMetal.com and go to the Metal Raps section and make sure you're all caught up on all the Metal Raps episodes. I feel like these only have a couple-day lifespan because in three days, everything we're talking about on this episode is probably going to be, not everything, but a lot of the stuff we talk about tends to be outdated, and that's you know typical with Metal Raps. So I try to rush them up all the time. But uh, yeah, definitely stay tuned to Talking Metal because we we also have a great episode coming up with uh, this guy Jeff uh, Pazuti, who is the mastermind behind the Dio hologram. He says some cool stuff, so definitely stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for always uh, sticking with me here on Talking Metal. Use our Amazon links. I would love a PayPal donation. It'd be great if you guys could pick those up again. Used to be so good with those. Not not so much anymore, but uh, I love when I do get them, so definitely consider leaving a PayPal donation. And uh, we're sold out of the Talking Metal t-shirts, thanks to you guys, I appreciate that. 
all 100 Talking Metal t-shirts sold after only eight years, we sold all of them. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get more. Um, I'm kind of leaning against it right now. But uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe one day we will. So you guys are the greatest. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think of this episode. Or check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and for sure, absolutely for sure, because I'm going to get to more of these calls in an upcoming episode, leave me a message on the hotline. That number is 973-757-1917. All right, enough yapping. Here's Metal Raps. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 35 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel, and as always, I am joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how's it going? Good, Mitch. How you doing? Good. And, of course, we are with one-on-one with Mitch LaFons. Mitch LaFon. Hey, Mitch. Good day. Pleasure to be here. So I think we should start off with big, 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 big is that Guns N' Roses is going to be heading out on the road. Um, it's It's happening you could we we knew it was happening for a while there were billboards cropping up like crop circles i guess all over different cities with different sort of um guns and roses lyrics and song titles patience welcome to the jungle are you ready blah 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 um I'm not even surprised about this. I mean, I'd be surprised if they weren't touring. This is a band that they were generating. I mean, one of you guys will know better than I would, but it's somewhere in the range of, what, five million bucks a gig. If things are going well, band is feeling healthy. We know for sure Axel's sounding better than ever based off of the ACDC gigs we've seen and the GNR gigs we've seen. And why wouldn't they release a string of dates and hit cities? Um Mark, you surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, what would surprise me is if they keep trying to do stadiums. But it seems like maybe they're gonna pull back a little from that and and be doing um, what, arenas and and stuff like that, which is still in today's times uh, just an amazing accomplishment to be filling arenas. But um, yeah, I, I think it's great and. There's been a little break here in in the states and North America from from guns, and I'm ready to uh, to see more. I was even telling Mitchell Fawn I might even uh, try to get up there to your neck of the woods to catch the show up there, depending on when it comes. Our our show in Montreal is not coming to what I thought was going to happen at the Bell Center, but we're going to see them at Parc Jean Drapeau, which was the venue of. Heavy Montreal, an outdoor venue. So, Mitch, are you one? Are you surprised that they're touring? Two, are you surprised they're playing that venue? Uh, no, and no, and and in fact, most of the dates that have been announced are going to be uh, sort of the outdoor stadiums, TD Place in Ottawa, and uh, the Edmonton. Uh, wherever the Eskimos play, I forget the name of that stadium, but no, I'm not surprised at all. You know, listen, I've, I've had a chance to hear all kinds of great things over the last six months. And, and it appears to me that 2017 will just be nonstop touring cycle for the band. And like you said, why would they stop? Uh, you know, that the response has been great. The money's been coming in. The band is sounding great. I haven't heard anything or haven't seen anything in the press of people hating each other or wanting it just seems to be everything's in heaven right now. So, uh, I mean, no, do we need uh, in fact, new music to keep going with this, though? No. Uh, listen, I don't. You know, at this point... Have we not waited and been punished long enough with Chinese democracy, Mark? 
Yeah, well, there you know those rumors that they were doing new stuff with Slash. I don't know if they were ever officially confirmed, but um, well, I guess we'll uh, find out eventually, yeah. right? But no, I think like Kiss and 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 like Metallica and like all these bands, they can put their name on a marquee and and do the Heritage Act thing, and and nobody needs it, right? I mean, you, you, most new music is pee breaks, as D. Snyder famously says, right? So, I, you know, listen, my my sentiment, I guess my only disappointment with this is the fact that it will be these sort of festival like outdoor uh, venues. I There's just something about this show for me, especially after seeing ACDC in an arena, not a stadium with Axel, that I was really hoping it would be more of an arena show, more intimate uh, and, you know, I think the lighting and the experience feels better when it's more enclosed. Sound, obviously, is a lot better. Um, so I'm sort of hopeful that, you know, they get this out of their system and then they start playing smaller venues. And I, I, I don't know if that's me getting old. I think back in the day, you used to pray that your favorite band would play this stadium and be as big as whomever at the time. And now, to me, it's, you know, the more intimate, the better uh, the more opportunities I have to be up close and personal or hear them really pounding, the better. And just by the clips I've seen online on YouTube, because I have not seen uh, this iteration of GNR Live, I just really was hopeful they were going to play arenas. So my, my fingers are crossed that the tour goes exceedingly well. Health remains, mental health remains. Uh, they remain serious about the gigs and performing and delivering on them, but that eventually... I, I would really love nothing more than to see this band in an arena. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, I think we will. I think we'll see that uh, in the fall or maybe early next uh, next winter. And I think a lot of the, the, the festival stuff or, or the sort of the bigger venues also has to do with the, the promoters, especially in the States. They build a lot of these outdoor sheds, and they need to fill them throughout the summer. So they'll take anything to throw in there. I'm not sure if that's how it works with the Canadian promoters, but I really think that it's sort of partly the, what the band wants and mostly what the promoters want is to fill these venues that they can only use for four or five months a year. And while they've made this announcement, I haven't had a chance to check the news. What do we know about opening bands? Is this multiple acts? Is this just them? Does anybody have any insight on that? I literally have not seen the press. Uh, I have zero I information on that. Uh, for, uh, as, of, as of right now, I have zero information. But on the last leg or the last tour, they sort of had, you know, the cult and Lenny Kravitz and uh, Billy Talent. Alice in Chains. I, I think that's probably the best bet for them is to just bring on these bands that especially speak to local markets. You know, doing the States, Europe and Canada on this one. I expect on the Canadian dates to see Canadian bands and on the European dates to see European bands, and then in the States, you sort of get whatever's available. I'm, that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. We'll find out in the next couple of days easily. Adjunct to that, there's been stuff happening in the metal news community around Steven Adler, the original drummer. He's been making pit stops on the tour, playing a couple songs here and there. He himself has been releasing uh, videos here and there. The most recent one was the fact that he can play up to two hours, and I'm not sure why that – I mean, I understand why that may have been a question because he's not on this tour. If he can play the two hours, why isn't he on the, on the tour with the band? But I'm, I'm sort of – I don't know what I'm feeling, but I'm feeling this sentiment that now he maybe wanted to do more from day one. The band doesn't want him to do more. Who's, who's got any 
opinion or story on this. Uh, start with you, Mitch. Yeah, you know, I think that he probably wanted to be with the band from the get-go, and they, they might be a bit reticent. I mean, you know, listen, going into this with a lot of the big money, there was a lot of question marks. Would Axel and Slash get along? Would would this guy get along? Would Izzy come back? And I think they they bet against Stephen. I'm not sure they should have bet against Stephen. He seems to be uh, proving that he's capable um, so, you know, let's, ho- let's hope that they can come out. Cause l- listen, they, they dragged him down to South America for a couple of shows and both nights they had him play one song, which I don't want to say is insulting, but come on, if you're going to drag a guy 4,000 kilometers, at least give him, you know, four songs or six you songs. You think he'd know going down with the gig. I don't think you, 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 you show up and it's like, Hey, let's do this. I mean, he must've known what the gig was before he went to any of these gigs. Well, I understood from uh, my conversations is that he was expecting two songs at all these different shows, L.A. and I think Cincinnati and all that, and that I think he was expecting two songs in South America, and it didn't happen. Now, listen, I'm not going to talk for him. I'm not going to talk for Guns N' Roses, but that's certainly what I've understood. And so I think he's trying to prove to them that, listen— I can play these songs. Let let's get off this one one song, two song crumb stuff, and let's give me some some meat on that bone, and and let's get me doing half the set. And and I think fans would dig it. Now, you know, economically, does it make sense? Is it going to sell more tickets? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows, right? But uh, as a fan, it certainly would be interesting to see him come out and do "You Could Be Mine." Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I I, I tell you, I. I feel bad for the guy i mean he's he's obviously uh wants to be a part of the reunion he wants to be a a full part of the band in my opinion this is just speculation on my part um and can you blame him i mean they're making millions of dollars he 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 has a a chance to you know if he were in the band he would have a chance to bring home a, a much bigger paycheck than he he does uh not being in the band um it seems a little desperate to me for him to go and post these these uh, videos of him, you know, playing "Use Your Illusion" era songs or whatever. It, it seems like he's he's really crying out, and I think, um, you know, I, I think I think his his he lost a lot of his his drumming skill. We know that that was way back. You know, if you remember when they recorded the song civil war they had to patch together the drum kit he had drug problems uh he he really lost a lot of his musicianship he made a comeback when he when he toured with chips enough and they were out there doing the adler's appetite stuff he could play again he can really play again frank ferrer has said on record that he loves steven adler's sound on that on the appetite for destruction record he has hailed him as really you know bringing the swing to the band um you know, but I think, uh, I don't think, I think there's a number of things happening. I don't think Axel wants this to be a full out reunion. I think it's important for him and it justifies everything he did in the past 15 years without, without Slash, without Duff, without Steven Adler or Matt Sorum or Izzy Stradlin or any of these guys. It, it justifies what, what he did by keeping Frank Ferrer there, by keeping Richard Fortas there, by keeping, Three to five Guns N' Roses songs in this, or I'm sorry, uh, Chinese Democracy songs in the set list. He, they don't. I don't think at this point Axel, and I don't even know if if Slash and Duff are interested in going out and doing uh, 
an all-out reunion retro show, even if 95% of the people there are there to see those classic songs and only those classic songs. I just don't think they're going to go there. And I will say this on closing again. I feel I feel for Steven Adler, but I think he's entering dangerous territory here by releasing these videos and, and crying out for for what appears is that he's crying out for this gig in the press because Axel is very sensitive to this stuff and he should have learned his lesson back when he got back in with Axel when they did the Vegas show and he was friendly with Axel and then he went off in the press on Axel. Axel's extremely sensitive to that stuff and just him releasing these videos of him playing You Could Be Mine I think is is potentially a deal closer. And I personally will be surprised if you see him at any more Guns N' Roses shows. I think this may be it. I think he made a mistake by doing this. I have two two opinions on this. One is I, I'm really aligned with your thinking, Mark, in terms of just empathy for the guy. This is a tough, it's a tough deal. It's a tough deal to see this band that you went through. And then what he went through personally, you know, you talked a little bit of the drugs. He just had major health issues that were, were lingering and he made this comeback and he was able to do that whole chips and us stuff and Adler's appetite. And there were question marks around cancel dates. There's a whole, a whole bunch of stuff there. So just as a human being, you feel like, God, you just want to, you know, I'm always root for the underdog. Yeah, and he's the other side, yeah. and the, But the other side of it is, and again, this is maybe more the musician and me and who am I to judge and say, this this guy's ready. This guy's not. I just do look at it and and still go. Well, this isn't just being able to play for two hours. This is a tour, and it's a tour where hundreds of millions of dollars are at stake. And I don't think it's about whether or not he can play for two hours sufficiently or efficiently, or whether Fortis thinks he can play or not. I think this is a big corporate machine that has to serve a lot of people, and there's a lot of expectations here. And my guess is, from an insurance standpoint. They're just mitigating risks at this point, and they probably did a check and balance and said, in order for us to really do this, is he in this shape? And whether or not he is or isn't, they made a call. I, I can't tell you by watching these videos that I thought, as a guy who just loves music, I thought, they're, they're totally – why would they do this? I thought, well, you know – yeah, he can play, but can he do what it, you're playing is only two hours of that night, of that long day, of that long right. tour. And so I was just in this, you know, again, just watching that for, as a human being, just looking, I thought, yeah, he's great, but I'm not sure. But at the same time, you, you want it to happen. Really, anybody sitting here saying they don't want Steve Adler and Guns N' Roses. You want it to happen for all the right reasons and for it to be right. The loss of happens right. behind the scenes in a lot of bands, guys, that uh, there's, there's a reason. And it's not all just personality. No, that's, that's my sentiment. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it probably is mitigating risk for the insurance and all that stuff. But, you know, I don't think he's asking to be the full-time drummer. I think, I think if anything, he's sort of hoping to uh, not just have two songs and get it up to five or six or, or even half a set – Nothing prevents you from having Frank there on the side, and if for any reason, health or otherwise, he can't play, boom, Frank steps in. Um, I think you can sort of have best of both worlds. I, I wouldn't call it um, a desperation. I think, you know, li like Slash and Duff and everybody else, they all sort of got a second chance, and I think he's just sort of saying, hey, how about my second chance? And, you know, he, he probably deserves it. You know, why but not? Slash and Duff really did keep going with quite a prolific touring and recording schedule each on their own and just professionally sure. their output and what they had done 
Um, and I, look, it's hard. It's hard when you have people at that scale and others who are, you know, playing clubs with cover band. It's just a different vibe. But look, we I, all of us wish him well. All of us want us to be successful. And, and he can play drums. You know, he's great. He, he can sounds, play. He exactly. sounds great. You know, there's no question about that, I think, at this well, point. Well, I mean, listen, my bottom line is that I want Guns N' Roses to be successful. I was very, very thrilled with the show I saw last year. The ones I'm going to see this summer, I think I'm going to be you know, it's going to be the same thrill. And I would love to have that go through, you know, 2018, 2019. So whatever it takes, Slash and Axel are there. Keep it going. Let's, let's get at least five, five more years. And I'm happy to eat crow on my original comments and thrilled that the band is sounding great. And I'm happy that they're doing this and successful. And I'll be, I'll for sure be at that show, hoping that it's as amazing as what I saw when Axel was fronting uh, ACDC. It really is. Uh, another massive band heading out on the road, and I got to tell you, a band I love, I think a band we all love is Metallica. Uh, brand new yes. album, Hardwired to Self Destruct. It's it's killing in terms of sales. There is a huge buzz, um, and and that's sort of the thing that I'm most excited about. Yes, I'm super excited that there's apparently going to be this massive world tour. I think that's great. I just feel that this band is doing everything right. And if you wanted to write a case study for other bands about how to do it in the modern age, which is surprising considering all the stuff this band got beaten up for, in particular the Lars and James and Napster saga, how well they've embraced digital, how smart they have been in launching this album in so many different formats from box set vinyls down to deluxe, down to extra stuff when you do the digital download to you know, even right now, what's going on? Right now, what's going on is they're doing these amazing small semi-surprise for charity tours. They're posting a ton of video on their YouTube channel, which is sometimes the entire show that they're playing in clubs. Sound amazing, look amazing. The new music is great. Um, more importantly, I, I flipped you guys um, an interview that they did on Q, which is a big radio station up here in Canada, what that Lars did. It was like a sort of 40-minute thing. And if if ever I was sort of blown away by what Lars has said, and that doesn't happen often, I felt that the entire band is really humbled. They look and feel gracious. They look like they really want to connect with the fans. Uh, my favorite thing that they've been doing is I think they released a video for literally every single song. Well, actually, um, I want to talk to you about that because sure. isn't that the smartest move? Because you know that fans were going to upload the songs to YouTube and then they'd spend all their time doing this copyright control stuff. Whereas now you've got the video. So if you're a fan and you want to hear the song, you don't have to go to Joe Smith who uploaded some crappy MP3. You get the band's video. And of course, you can monetize all that stuff. So when you start getting into millions of views for all these videos, suddenly your 18 songs is, is bank, right? And, so, and listen, what, what what Lars said in that interview on Q about Napster, I thought was so interesting too. His side was, listen, it wasn't a question of Metallica's too much money and, and they're being crazy. He was like, if we want to give away our music free, we just want it to be our choice, not someone else's. We're happy to support our fans and they have throughout the years. And and boy, I'll tell you, if, if Hardwired to Self-Destruct demonstrates anything to me, being a fan from basically day one and being somewhat on the fence about the Napster thing, because what I do professionally, I really think that, that this album – being new music, being heavy, being you know the four guys with Rob Trujillo, um, and all the stuff they're doing is totally making amends for any any arrears we might have thought that this band. No, 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 no. They still owe me an apology for Lulu. They still do. 
I don't think I, they don't for me. Mark, how do you feel about what's been going on with Metallica? I'm just so jammed about this. Yeah, I think it's an exciting time for Metallica. I the the album. It's just you know, I the first three singles I thought were great. There's like a handful of other songs on the record that I thought were great on the first listen and I keep listening to it and the other songs have been like slow grow songs on yeah, me, me where at first I was like, eh, it's, you know, so, so, but now that I'm into it, it's been, it's been a couple, what, two, three weeks now. Uh, I'm really feeling these songs and I do think it's a special record. Uh, just on the record specifically, I've heard, I think it was Lars say, oh, you know, we're going back to, or kill them all roots and stuff. I don't. I personally don't hear that whatsoever. What I hear is an album that is probably closer to the same sound. And I'm not talking about Inner Sandman. I'm talking about some of the other songs, like a sad but true but type of vibe. I is, think it's closer in production style and songwriting to the to Black, Black album than yeah. any of the other things. And maybe that's not the cool thing for for the guys in the band to say, since that's their most popular album but i i really think and that's that, listen that that's not a problem for me and i what I, I didn't finish my thought what i really think is it's it's very close to the black record uh, the black album and that's that's a good thing and, and no there's not a commercial song like enter sandman or the unforgiven or something like that but but listen to some of the the other tracks on black album and compare them to the hardwired track tracks and there's pretty similar vibe in musicianship in the way Hetfield is singing in the production value. Yeah, for- I call it more like a, a bloated black album. I, I think, you know, for sure this album's going to be in my top three of 2016. I just wish they had trimmed a little bit of the fat on some of these songs. You know, some of them are seven, eight minutes long. If you got them down to four and a half, five, I think you would have had a slamming, slamming album. That said, though, it's still top three for me of 2016. And two other right pieces of it that I, I want to jump on before we wrap up our our, our, our love for Metallica. One is Hetfield's riffs are just unbelievable. And it really comes through for me when you watch these YouTube videos and how they're constructing the songs. And there's a lot of videos like that up there. Uh, just the way he sounds and the way he's thinking about making the pieces put together. Just in my sort of world, I always knew James Hetfield was one of those riff gods, but this one just really hammered at home. The other thing, you know, Mitchell Fawn talked about the videos and how smart it was so this way you're not just sort of looking at a bad mp3 with like an image of metallica but rather able to hear it in all its glory uh the song murder one is just a video you everybody's has got to go watch this it's a tribute to lemmy it's fully animated it is fantastic one of the coolest things i've seen forget about metallica probably in hard rock and heavy metal this year uh, so Definitely. check it out on youtube murder one animation tribute to lemmy it's, it's absolutely great uh, before yeah. we get into our picks of the week I, I feel like now we're moving downstream a little bit but i think it's just one of those crazy stories where the three of us wind up texting behind the scenes somewhat giggling somewhat sad but this whole la guns thing is kind of absurd to me we have Phil Lewis, and who's a singer, and Tracy Guns, who were sort of like separated and back together and separated. And Phil Lewis was in one version of L.A. Guns. And Mitchell Fine, you're going to have to come in here and correct me if I'm wrong, with original drummer or one of the earlier drummers, Steve Riley. And 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 what, Tracy Guns was in another version? Mitch, what is what? Phil Lewis quit L.A. Guns to join the other L.A. Guns. It's yeah. ridiculous as far as I can hear, but Mitch, clear it up for us. Yeah, 
it's completely and utter ridiculous. I, I call this, you know, sort of mark a marketing angle gone wrong. Phil Lewis goes on the internet on Facebook and says, I have quit LA guns. I'm moving on to these new challenges. Giggle, giggle, giggle. You know, Tracy guns writes on the Facebook. Hey buddy, you know, whatever. And then frontier records who have this, Phil and Tracy album coming out in January say, no worries, folks. He only left that L.A. Guns to join this L.A. Guns. And now he's on his Facebook today saying, yes, yes, yes. It's me and Tracy all the way. I've only left the Steve Riley version of L.A. It, it is completely and utterly ridiculous. It was some kind of cute marketing angle where it was going to get some press and then they were going to reveal, but I'm still in this L.A. Guns. And instead, it's just caused incredible confusion with the fan base it, it it's it's silly so he he basically left the la guns that he had a name you know stake in to join tracy tracy guns of la guns band and transform that into the phil and tracy la guns because it's now it's now officially called phil and tracy's la gun it's stupid i mean if you want to throw steve riley out of the band throw him out of the band but don't quit your band to join your band that that's Bull. The other thing Stop. that's so weird to me that I think is the, actually the most weird is even if you cycle back to when LA Guns was emerging as a relevant, iconic part of 80s metal, let's call it, hard rock, I'd even make the argument that they never really even ascended. This wasn't a band that was able to headline arenas. I mean, they were yep. getting close when they had the Ballad of Jane, and it never really tipped for them. So what makes it absurd to me is that it's like this repetitive story that keeps coming out about a band that, you know, and again, I'm not trying to insult them. I actually like sex action and a lot of this stuff on, on, on many of the albums, but I've just sort of shaking my head. Like my whole joke is this is very serious, gentlemen. There's hundreds of dollars at stake here. I and mean, this isn't like a band that's like clamoring in these venues that are being offered. And I'm not trying to belittle them. And I'm a fan. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm berating a band in particular. Just it's all absurd to me. Mark, are you, are, were, were yeah, you a fan I, of the band? I was never a fan of them, never cared for the band. And the only thing I, I know, Steve Riley was uh, it was a once a part of Wasp, who I was really a, a big fan, and yeah, me too, of, yeah. so that was that was really my only interest in L.A. Guns. But I, I could I could literally probably not name three of their songs. That's how out of the L.A. Guns loop I am. Yeah, you see, I love the band, and I've actually I actually put out three of their albums. I was behind uh, L.A. Guns wasted the EP. I was behind. The Phil Lewis More Purple Than Black album. I was behind the Tracy Guns Killing Machine album. Wait, so I've, wow. I've had a relationship with them. We've done all kinds of stuff. But this just struck me as being disingenuous and, what well, basically stupid. It is a stupid marketing ploy that, you know, uh, in, in one way, I sort of hope it backfires on them just to show them that it was stupid. But on the other hand, I'm a fan. I want the album to be successful. I want them to tour. I love Tracy. I love Phil. I have no animosity towards them. But Jesus Christ, boys, you know, hire a better manager or, or something. I, I don't know what that was. And the reality of the situation is that I saw the band fairly recently opening up for the non-original lineup of Dawkins in Fort Lauderdale in a club. And, you know, no offense to either band. It was only it was sold out and people were clamoring to see the – so it's also like what are you – 
what are you ultimately fighting for? And, you know, again, hate to, hate to end on a bit of a bummer, but I saw that and I just sort of was like laughing and, and quizzical all at the same time. So, again, we, we sort of descended from Guns N' Roses Metallica down to LA Guns. So maybe we can ascend right now by talking about some of the music that is rocking the earbuds. No, um, no but, rat for you today? No, we're not going to go well, into that thing? I, I figured we can, we can hold the rat discussion for another i think it's similar to the LA gun story so much to hold it it's almost like redundant at this point it's six I persons of rat touring here it's like what we'll do is we'll just edit what i just said and every time we say la guns just mark will just put in rat and we'll yeah because we'll- it's basically the same story at that point you're right Except mark, you, what- the only difference with rat is i freaking love rats so well me too that's the other thing too is you sort of like you sort of like don't care as much when it's a band that you that you actually want to see which is very excited insane. to to hear that Rat is back together with three of the original members. But uh, yeah, we can Steve talk about Pierce, that another Warren DeMartini, Juan Cruz, yeah. Yeah. also Carlos Cavazzo from Quiet Ride yeah. is going to be playing added, again. Yes, added bonus. And as, uh, we'll see who's on drums, but that is a tour that is coming I, I our think way. It's, uh, Mitch from Y&T wasn't yeah, it the guy yeah. from Y&T you know there, there was all kinds there, there was uh, Jimmy DeGrasso yeah, and, Todd, and then there was Greg D'Angelo, but I'm not sure so it seems to sort of be up in the air. They just put out a logo today, which uh, they sent to me and I sent out, and it only mentions the four names, no drummer on that logo. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Mark, what have you been listening to? Well, thanks to you, I think, uh, Mitch Joel, the the Testament record, which I think you <laughs> suggested maybe the last episode. Oh, wow. Well, how great is that? Brotherhood of the Snake, so good. And, uh, you know, we're talking about how great the Metallica uh, album is, but this is pretty close. I mean, if not, I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I was actually scratching my head thinking, is it better than the, the new Metallica? The songwriting, amazing. The guitar playing, amazing. And uh, just a, a full-out assault. But some nice kind of melody things happening, too, which you really maybe haven't gotten much from Testament along the, those lines in the past. It's a great, great record. Um, the... Uh, Let's see. What else was I listening to that I think Mitch suggested? The, uh, the Tigers, Tigers of Pantang. Yeah, come on. Yeah, Tigers <laughs> of Pantang. That is, is isn't that stuff. a great album? That, that's a killer, killer album. The, the new Tigers. Um, yeah, you know, self-titled, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so good. So so well. The songwriting is just great. I just love some of those old school, like new wave of British heavy metal riffs that they still pull out. How, you know, I wouldn't say it has a modern twist on it because its roots are still entrenched in that sound, but but it's progressed maybe a little bit past the the new wave of British heavy metal sound in in a good way. Uh, it's it's just a it's just a great great listen. Flotsam and Jetsam have a new also mm. self titled record out, which is also very good, and I'm I'm really digging deep into that one now, and I'm really digging that one. All right, Mitch, what have you been checking out? Uh, you know what? I, I have gone down the uh, Tigers of Pantang rabbit hole. So I, I started off with a new album, and then I pulled out the stuff from 85, Wreckage, and then uh, the Big Game Hunting, which is a, a rarities collection that was put out a few years ago with all kinds of B-sides and demos. And, of course, Spellbound, because John Sykes plays guitar on it. You know, John, of course, with White Snake and Thin Lizzy. So I, it's just been an entire uh, rabbit hole jump of whatever they're 10 or 12 albums and compilations and live and nonstop tigers for the last couple of weeks. So 
there you go. <laughs> Maybe I'm embarrassed to admit it, but it, I'm loving every minute of it. And uh, that new album was was the Kickstarter for that. It's just it's just that much fun that it it brought back. Like, let's go, folks. Let's let's go back to 1981. Let's do this. And I think it's great if you can find a new album from a band like that, and it takes you back. I, I got to tell you, like a band that does that to me very often is Deep Purple. And I've said for years, I think that they're one of the few bands, and hopefully they will be inducted this year into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That even their later albums are they're written with respect and passion for their age and what they're trying to do. And whenever I hear something new from them, I wind up going all the way back to the 70s, so much I, I can totally appreciate where you're coming from. Yeah, and and yeah, by they're, the way, they're in. They're, they're, in, in. they're yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Oh, are yeah. they in? Yeah, yeah, yeah last in, year. Definitely. Oh, was it last year? Okay, but I thought last for some year, reason yes. I saw news that it was going to be this. I don't know. No, okay. no, no, no. What you saw was that they announced a farewell tour, and they said that the, most of the press releases I saw said, coming on the heels of their Rock oh, and Roll maybe. Hall of Fame induction, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They're going on a farewell tour. So maybe you're... Well, well deserved. Oh, no, that's true. I knew that because I've heard all the Glenn Hughes interviews. That's true. I'm stupid. That's right. All right. Uh, for me, it's definitely been two bands we've already talked about. One is Metallica, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. I just feel it, every single video clip or, or, or interview I see flips me back to just hit and play on it. And because it is so long, and this is where I'll probably agree, disagree a little bit with Mitch LaFon, I don't know. I guess it's just it's occupying more of my airspace, and I'm just getting more and more into it as I get deeper and deeper. Second, I'm totally with you, Mark, and I know I mentioned it last time, and I'm glad you texted right. me and said you're loving it, but Testament, Brotherhood of the Snake, I just cannot believe a band that is that band since they've come out. And, you know, the, the, again, the melodies for me were almost like there's some strange stuff happening in practice, what you preach, that sort of came out here in Brotherhood of the Snake. Couldn't be happier for them. I just hope they find... Uh, the audience that they really rightfully deserve, their band that always just sort of fell before the below the big four or five, and right. I feel like they really, especially the guy like Alex Skolnick on guitar, they they just deserve to be up there. Uh, and the third one is a newer band called Of Mice and Men. Uh, band is uh, the album's called Cold World, produced by a old old friend of mine, David Bendeth, who used to head up A and R up here in Canada, BMG. Moved to the States, very well-known producer. If you check him out, you'll see a lot of, he's done a lot of great albums. I uh, just really love it. Of Mice and Men, I feel like it's new, it's fresh, it's different. Definitely super heavy. Um, those are my three. Uh, I've been really enjoying <laughs> those three a lot, so it's been a, a good couple weeks. Cool. I want to thank everybody uh, for, for for listening and checking us out. If you want to hear more about me, you can check me out at, at Mitch Joel on Twitter while that's still working. Um, also check out Groove, the No Trouble podcast, which you can always find at notrouble.com forward slash groove. Latest episode, I believe, is Rudy Sarzo. So th- that one's still up nice. there. A brand new one coming out really soon. If it's not already out, it might be. And I've got some really heavier players coming up soon. So make sure to check that out. Um, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on at Talking Metal and where people can reach you? Yeah, TalkingMetal.com is the best place. We have all the social media pages linked through there. We have uh, had a number of interviews happen lately. I'm actually... Uh, a little stressed out because I just have so many in the can right now that I haven't put up. But uh, we, uh, you know, we had an interesting conversation on the, uh, like two episodes ago with Bob Nelbandian, who has a new documentary out, Inside Metal. It's the second edition of the Inside Metal documentaries, and it deals strictly with the the L.A. metal scene. Um, And we have a great discussion with him about that 80s LA metal scene. Uh, It's a really just awesome listen. He's not a big rock star. 
but if you are into hard rock and heavy metal history you got to listen to that episode of talking metal uh, it's it's up online now on spreaker itunes and of course talkingmetal.com very cool mitch what's been happening over at one-on-one and where can people find you well, you know, a lot of great interviews. I, I, I recently interviewed Bobby Blotzer of Rad, Phil Campbell of Motorhead, and Simon Kirk of, of course, Bad Company. So those are all coming up. Uh, you can find me, you know, with Mark on uh, TalkingMetal.com. All my interviews are up there, too. And uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Mitch LaFon. Same thing at Instagram, except there's an underscore between the Mitch and the LaFon. And uh, there you go. You know, just a lot of great interviews and a lot of great content coming up. So, uh, yeah, just uh, just wait till you hear Bobby Blotzer. It was a, a great one-hour chat, and he talks about all the uh, legal issues with uh, the band and his band and the other band. And um, it's probably going to get a lot of people in a lot of trouble. But what are you going to do? And I just realized I completely screwed up. I'm actually on episode number 24 of Groove, my the No Trouble podcast. And this one's with Doug Wimbish, who's the famous for being in Living Colors, toured with Joe Satriani. Uh, also, it's, it marks the two-year anniversary of that show because I only do it every single month. But that's still uh, real proud that it's it's been two years and growing every nice. every month, which is very cool. So everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out Metal Raps number 35. As always, we'll be back somewhat infrequently, but hopefully soon with episode number 36 of Metal Raps, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>